As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the UK True Crime Weekly Podcast. I'm Adam. Today's story from Grimsby is a chilling tale of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. When you have listened, do please take a look at my website at uktruecrime.com. Two recent articles is one by me on the reality of running a true crime Facebook group and an article from the awesome EJ Hammond, who will be familiar to many of you as a very active member of the true crime community on Twitter, about her Bundy blog and interest in true crime. People starting new podcasts often talk to me when they receive their first devastating review, which shows that not everyone appreciates their hard work. I saw this quote today by Ricky Gervais that I'm going to start using in future to deal with this. It covers this subject and so much else of the small stuff in life when we easily worry way too much about people with zero impact on our lives, think about things we do. So here it is. Please stop saying that you can't joke about anything anymore. You can. You can joke about whatever you like. And some people won't like it. And they will tell you they don't like it. And then it's up to you whether you care or not. And so on. It's a good system. Quite, Ricky. Quite. I'm delighted that this week's show is again sponsored by Stitch Fix. I love this company and will tell you why I think you will too. As you know, finding the perfect item of clothing can feel great, but shopping for it is anything other than delightful. I really don't want to be trawling the shops on a Saturday afternoon when I could be watching the Mighty Leeds United at Ellen Road and sizing on websites. Well, a bit hit and miss, aren't they? This is where the online service from Stitch Fix helped me hugely. After filling in a quick questionnaire about my personal style, size and wants, a personal stylist sent to my door five items of clothing, each hand-picked for me from a selection of a 100 of the best European brands, including established names, cool emerging designers and exclusive brands. Without this service, I was unlikely to be able to find any of the pieces of clothing that they sent to me. You know how it is, you tend to just stick to what you know. I loved the choices and kept each item, but if I hadn't, I'd have just sent it back free of charge. Just so easy and low risk, what isn't there to like? The great news is that Stitch Fix have a special offer for listeners to this podcast. Get started with Stitch Fix today and support my podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash true right now. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot co dot U-K 
forward slash true. Before we begin, a huge thank you to all my supporters on Patreon. As you know, your support is so much appreciated. Before we start, let's take a quick look at the music we were listening to at the time of today's events, December 2005. Top of the UK charts were the Pussycat Dolls with Stick With You. Run It from Chris Brown topped the US charts. And top selling single in Australia was Anthony Kellia with The Prayer. Number five was a true classic, Crazy Frog with Axel F. Yeah, yeah, another one for the first dance at the wedding. In the news this month, tens of thousands of people in Hong Kong protested for democracy and called on the government to allow universal and equal suffrage. The film Brokeback Mountain was released and singer Elton John and his partner David Furnish registered their civil partnership at Windsor Town Hall on the first day this was allowable in England and Wales. And this was the month that 39-year-old David Cameron was elected leader of the Conservative Party. As you get older, these ages are really quite depressing, don't you think? Today's story comes from Grimsby, Lincolnshire, on the Humber Estuary, on England's east coast around 140 miles north of London. It's best known probably for the thriving fishing industry, which finally died in the mid-1980s. It's where sower murderer Ian Huntley was born in 1974, and he lived there until the late 1990s. It was a cold night and there was snow falling and settled on the ground. It was that period between Christmas and New Year where many people have time off from work and for 30-year-old lorry driver Fraser Murray it was a time when he could relax a little and socialise with friends something he wasn't able to do due to the nature of his work. He'd been out and returned to his home in Blundell Avenue Grimsby in the early hours. He'd had a few drinks with his mates and he was in a pretty happy mood. He'd lived in Grimsby for six years, and his wife, Rebecca, heard him come in, but rather than coming to bed, he told Rebecca he didn't need to be up early in the morning, so he was going outside to build a snowman to surprise and delight their 18-month-year-old daughter. After all, there was snow on the ground, he didn't need to be up early for work, and he was really looking forward to the next day when he was heading back to Arklow in Ireland where he was from to see his parents, brothers, sister and all his friends. Fraser headed outside and walked along Oxford Street to buy some cigarettes from a nearby petrol station. Fraser was always a friendly kind of chap and he exchanged some friendly banter with the couple he encountered on his way back home. It was now around 2.30am and this is where Fraser had the misfortune to encounter 28-year-old Guy Tasker. Let's learn a little more about Guy Tasker, who was 28 and who was in a really bad place those Christmas holidays. He had a tricky relationship with drugs and alcohol. Nothing too unusual there, I guess. He was also in a violent relationship with his on-off partner, 28-year-old Louise Richardson of nearby Cleethorpes. Guy had got together with Louise in January 2001. At first it was fun, and they lived together until just a few months earlier, in September 2005. Guy's jealousy and possessiveness made life very difficult for Louise, but she enjoyed his company and tried her best to make the relationship work. But despite her efforts, it deteriorated further 
when she first faced the full brunt of Guy's violent temper and he physically assaulted her. Louise was devastated and insisted that he moved out. But as we've heard so often on this podcast, it can be so difficult to escape an obsessively jealous and violent man like Guy Tasker. After moving out, he and Louise did continue to meet up and see each other as friends. But it was one of those difficult relationships where Guy clearly wanted much more from the friendship than Louise. And this was the case when we pick up the story on the 28th of December 2005, when it became clear to Louise that Guy was very keen to get together again, and he turned on the charm saying that he would be different this time. But Louise was still unsure. Guy also had a strained relationship with a number of his mates. Grimsby has suffered since the decline of the fishing industry, and like other areas in the UK, where opportunities appear to be limited, young people are under tremendous pressure and can struggle to rise above the limited expectations they see from those around them. The drink, drugs and violence, which was a regular part of life for many of Guy's group of young men, who were trying to prove to each other that they were tough, is easy for us to mock from the outside. But this was very real to them, and to Guy Tasker. There were also some underlying tensions in the group, including one recent unresolved dispute around a stash of crack cocaine that had gone missing in August 2005. One of his friends, David Chapman, was also known to keep an illegal double-barreled shotgun, which enhanced his standing in the group. Guy was not looked on so favourably, and seen as a bit of a weak link, and he almost had to fight for acceptance. But without his mates and Louise, he felt what else did he have going for him in his life? On the evening of December the 28th, Guy and his pals, including David Chapman, met in the Sugar Sugar Hotel on Alexandra Road in Cleethorpes, where Guy moaned to anyone who would listen. The ex-partner Louise was doing his head in as she wouldn't get back with him. They'd heard it all before, and it was frankly getting a little bit tiresome. As the evening progressed, Guy became increasingly agitated, and at around 11.30pm he stormed to Louise's home and told her that she was taking the piss. Not, I would suggest, a wooing technique out of the classic mould. Later there was a house party nearby, and Guy Tasker was desperate to know if Louise was there, and so phoned some of his friends, who were there, to see if Louise was also at the party. He spoke to various friends, and when told that she was not there, he said, Yes, she fucking is. I'll fucking shoot you all. I know she's there. His rage grew as he said, You're all fucking my head up. His pals thought he was again being an idiot, with one friend telling him to grow up and fuck off, and another said, You're a fucking div guy. You get the point about how his friendship group reacted to him. And to Guy, fighting for his place in the group, his lack of success with Louise, along with this mocking and the demeaning comments causes agitation to grow further as like a pressure cooker rising and rising. And it was in this state that Guy Tasker was driving along the road at 2.30am when he saw Fraser Murray. Despite both living in Grimsby, Fraser didn't know Guy Tasker, but by the time Guy spotted Fraser walking back from the garage to begin building his daughter's snowman, Guy was feeling angry, agitated and paranoid. 
he had lost control of his emotions. When he saw Fraser, he pulled over and got out of his car onto the snowy pavement. It was then that Fraser saw for the first time that the young stranger who got out of his car had a shotgun in his hand. But before Fraser could react or even comprehend the enormity of what was happening, Guy Tasker fired at the top of Fraser's legs from very close range. As the two shots rang around the empty streets and the pain filled his body, Fraser fell to the ground and for a split second the world stood still. Tasker turned and ran to his car, speeding off, leaving Fraser lying helpless in agony on the pavement, his red blood surging into the snow. Shortly afterwards, a passerby stumbled upon Fraser and called an ambulance which rushed him off to hospital. But he had suffered major hemorrhaging and underwent an emergency operation to amputate both of his legs. Tragically, Fraser Murray didn't survive the operation and was pronounced dead later that afternoon, aged just 30, and leaving behind his wife, 18-month-old daughter, and many other friends and family. What an utterly terrible way for him to die. Meanwhile, Guy Tasker was driving around the empty streets in his Renault Clio, wondering what he was going to do. Shortly after 5am, while Fraser was still fighting for his life in hospital, Tasker lost control on the icy road, crashing into a parked Vauxhall Sephira. He then abandoned his car but left his mobile phone inside. A few hours passed, and then later that day Tasker phoned his estranged partner Louise and said, You've made me do this. This is what you have done to me. He also called his sister Lisa and told her, I told her I'd do it. There was a pause until Lisa asked, You mean you shot that bloke? He replied, yeah, you're all taking the piss out of me last night. I don't know who it was. He just started mouthing off, so I shot him. Then later still, now in the evening of the 29th of December, Guy Tasker twice called Cumberside Police. It was hard to make out just what he was saying, as his voice was slurred, whether through drink, drugs or both. But breathing heavily, he said, I want to tell you what I did last night. Last night in Grimsby, I killed that kid. He then made a second call in which he said, Are you coming or what? Just come and get me. I killed that kid last night in Grimsby. If you don't come, I'm going to stab all of you. Following this call, he was arrested by armed police early the next day at Louise's house, drunk and incoherent. Louise had long since fled the home, fearing that he would turn up. Even in his state, I wonder how he felt when the handcuffs came on and he was bundled into the van. Maybe this is the moment that reality finally hit Guy Tasker. Tasker said nothing in police interviews. He just sat there and answering the questions. But detectives were very clear about what had happened in the early hours of the 29th of December. They believed that Tasker had obtained the shotgun owned by his friend David Chapman and had planned to injure or at least frighten one of the group of his friends who'd been mocking him before the attack took place. And to show them that he wasn't weak as they had said, but instead he was a real man, a hard man. And when he couldn't find them, he had just happened to drive past Fraser Murray, a total stranger, just walking back to his home where his wife and daughter were waiting for him 
and so Tasker had taken out his anger and frustration on Fraser. At Hull Crown Court, the jury of six men and six women heard 28-year-old Guy Tasker deny murdering Fergus Murray, aged 30, in Oxford Street, Grimsby, in the early hours of December the 29th, 2005. The court heard how Fraser was shot twice in the legs at close range of a shotgun. He was left bleeding heavily in the road, paramedics were unable to stem the blood flow, and he died later in hospital. Although Tasker had said nothing during his interviews, at the trial he did have an explanation for how Fraser had been murdered. He didn't deny being at the scene. He was there all right. But he claimed that the shooting had been carried out by one of his friends, to whom he referred as Mr X. Tasker said he was too frightened to name Mr X because he had threatened to kill him and his family. He admitted being in the car at the time of the murder and claimed he thought Mr X was going to get out and go to the toilet when he heard two bangs. Now we've heard some pretty terrible defences on this podcast, but I think this is right up there. Gary Burrell QC prosecuting wasn't impressed either, saying that Tasker was out to shoot anyone in a misplaced attempt to prove to his mates that he was someone to be taken seriously, someone to be feared, maybe a hard man. He said, the most important feature of this case is that this was a random killing. The defendant simply selected Mr Murray to kill, to shoot and kill, because he happened to be there. He was, in effect, in the wrong place at the wrong time. The jury agreed with QC Burrell and quickly found Tasker guilty of murder, for which he was sentenced to life in prison, of which he would serve at least 28 years behind bars. The court was packed with members of Fraser's family and friends, many of whom had travelled from Ireland, and their dignity and restraint was apparent as they quietly listened as the verdict was delivered. The judge was scathing when he addressed Tasker, telling him that he'd planned to use the gun to show his friends that he was not someone who could be messed with, he said. None of them being at hand, he shot a wholly innocent man who just happened to be on the street building his child a snowman. It was an utterly pointless waste of his life. You decided you would bluff it out and try to fool the jury into thinking that the real killer was someone else. You knew perfectly well what you had done. He added that Tasker had grown up as a perfectly normal, decent young man, but his life had taken a downward turn through drink and drugs. It has been a miserable, sordid picture presented to this court of the drink and drugs fueled life that you've led. Speaking outside court later, Detective Superintendent Ray Higgins said that Fraser Murray's family were satisfied with the sentence. He said, The Murray family were an extremely close and loving family and their loss was immense. He said it was a completely random, motiveless and pointless murder of a young man with everything to live for. Guy Tasker is a very dangerous and unpredictable man and he's rightly beginning a long prison sentence. I pay tribute to the friends and family of Mr Murray, who have shown great dignity and courage in dealing with this tragic and unexplained loss. Their loss of a partner, father and son deserves explanation, and I hope Tasker will one day have the decency to afford them that. So what do you make of what we've heard today? I think that stories when the victim is chosen completely at random are the most chilling of all that we cover on this podcast. And what about the big man Tasker, 
now approaching the halfway stage of his prison sentence. If and when he finally gets out, he'll be in his 40s or so. As he lies in his cell as we listen to this, I wonder if he actually regrets what he did. And I also wonder about his group of so-called mates and how they feel about the events of that night. And poor Fraser, when walking back from the garage at 2.30am, ready to build a snowman for his young daughter, could never for a second have thought that he could face this sort of horror. It just seemed so unfair. And now his daughter will be at secondary school and I'm very aware of just what happened to her dad. I wonder how it will affect her growing up. Once more, we can only hope it isn't the defining point of her life and that she and her mum and the wider family are able to move on with good memories of Fraser rather than the sadness of mourning for what could have been with a man who had so much to offer to them, his friends, family and society. A real loss at just 30 years old. Thank you for listening to this episode of the UK True Crime Weekly Podcast. Please head to the Facebook group to discuss any aspect of UK true crime or chat about this case. And to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash UK true crime. Lots of bonus episodes and other exclusive content for just the price of a beer a month. Please head to Stitch Fix to support my sponsor and get yourself some great gear. Look, you could look as stylish as me. I know, I know it's hard to believe, but Stitch Fix could help you do that. So time for me to go. So thank you ever so much for listening. I'm off to read some more quotes from Ricky Gervais. I think he knows what he's talking about, don't you? So until we speak again next week, remember, take it easy. And most of all, stay classy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.